Oh, it's so crazy, man. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind, I have to say. It's just like you, it, there's, there's, it's one thing about, you know, and I really have to bring it back home because, you know, I've seen, worst you know, stuff. though I've seen stuff, you know, I've yeah, seen yeah. worse stuff coming from where I'm coming from. Yeah. And, you know, you empathize, you know, so <laughs> you understand the concept of fear. You understand the concept of uncertainty and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you empathize so much and you see the fear on people's faces. and You're like, wow, this is very real, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we're in this together. <laughs> uh, that's what that's all it is. That's all it is. There's no yeah. simple way. There's no simple way to put it. man. Well, um, are there any questions you have before we get started? No, ma'am. I'm totally I'm totally fine. You know, we've connected so well over over uh, over on WhatsApp. And yeah. as you can see, I'm just I'm pretty I'm pretty chill, very laid back, very open. There are Good no voice, restrictions dude. whatsoever. Powerful voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. I've been I've been slowly leaning into accepting that. It's just I'm just like, you know, if I weren't so tanned, you'd see me blushing. I'm still having trouble with a lot I of people. I are saying that. It's kind of matching with the inner color of your hood. Right I... <laughs> <laughs> the rude. No, but I appreciate it. I appreciate a lot of people. I really appreciate presence it. online, and it's really nice meeting you in person as well. So, um, well, this is just gonna. I mean, we might as well have been podcasted. I don't know if you've listened to any of my episodes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Great stuff. I love oh, the energy. You. you know, thank I you. love the energy, and I really enjoyed um, the episode um, where basically you had different perspectives on basically being an immigrant. You know, just oh, like okay, yeah, different yeah. level and status, and like, yes. oh my god, that was like so well done. That was so Thank well done, you. and like you really feel. And again, with again the third world mindset, I'm like these people are so privileged. You know, the people who live here, obviously, you know, the mm-hmm. privileged. They it's like no mm-hmm. they have no idea what you have to go through, the type of stuff that you have to basically mm-hmm. bow your head down because I need this residency, I need this card, I need this privilege, <laughs> I just need this, so I'm going to shut up. Yeah. But it was a very humbling episode. But no, Thank I you. do listen. I do listen. Hey there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring all right everyone welcome back to the show this is a merciful podcast it's a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for blacks and asians and those who love them and i'm your host mustable nigerian born u.s educated korean speaking wonder intellectual today i have um an awesome person on the show i always have awesome guests but this person is spectacularly awesome and you will get to <laughs> You can laugh if you want to. Um, so I met him through a forum for podcasters. It was through WhatsApp. And he doesn't know this yet, but before he came on the group, it was kind of like like plastic. Like people weren't really talking. And then you find this person just come up and be like, what's up, everybody? We're all going to talk. And he's, you know, that was how it was. So you could totally see the group. And I noticed that ever since he joined the group, We've all kind of been talking more often and just, you know, I guess what we're just trying to do, we weren't sure who the other people were. We didn't want to rock the boat, but he didn't really care. I don't think he, he was just being himself, which I totally, totally adore about him. And so you can technically, if someone were to like do like a content analysis of the, of the chats we had, you could see the BC, like before, um, B.O., sorry, before Olivier and then A.O. after Olivier. So that's the kind of person he is. You know, the I timeline. Like yeah, the timeline. There's just a switch in our, you know, the way we kind of trusted one another and we're just quick to, like, you know, offer help. Not that we're offering help, but people are just not talking on the group. So that was Olivia. Like, he just, and sometimes when we go quiet, he'll come up and say, What's up with you guys? Why aren't you guys talking? You know, that kind of thing. Where so do you was, guys go? Exactly. Where's everybody? Did you guys leave because of me? You know, I remember that particular time. I was just laughing where I was. But, anyways, um, it is a huge honor, guys, to bring this person on the show. He's also a podcaster, as you can tell by his voice and his presence. And <laughs> the presence. <laughs> so, um, he's also very interesting in the sense that he's lived in different spaces, and we're going to talk about that. But he was raised in Haiti. And um, he's had to overcome a lot of obstacles 
and he will talk about that in a minute. But um, he's that's something he's passionate about: communicating, broadcasting, copywriting, photography, customer service, and just you know, um, finding ways to awaken the awesomeness in every one of us. And that's actually the name of his podcast, which you know I highly recommend because he, through his stories and the people he talks to, you can always there's always a lesson to be learned about the processes. And which I think we kind of connect to, because that's what I want to do on the show as well. So without further ado, everyone join me welcoming Olivia Day to the podcast. That has got to be one of the most awe-inducing, humbling intros I've ever heard. You know, you say that a lot when you hear that on podcasts. Like, that's an awesome intro. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, as I like to say, if I weren't so tanned, man, you'd be <laughs> blushing. Oh, thank you so much. It's a real honor to be on your show. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I mean... I think you have such a, I mean, you're a beautiful person in and out, I can tell. And just the genuine care you have for people, like I've seen that exhibited in our group as well. So um, I can imagine that your friends are very lucky to have you. Thank you. No, seriously, <laughs> it's always been something about me. And you mentioned uh, regarding uh, the WhatsApp group that yeah. uh, that we joined. And again, we have to give a shout out to Naga for connecting us. Yes, Naga. It was a real treat uh, <laughs> to actually. you as well. She started that group, by the way. She's no longer oh. there, but. Oh, shout shout out to her. But it was such a warm hearted thing to actually connect with people who are on the same level, same energy. You know, you realize because podcasting can get really lonely. Mm -hmm. But when you realize the people who are just as passionate as you, like, oh, my God, yeah, (laughs) just like me, my tribe. This is so cool. But yeah, you're right. I've definitely been like that. I've never been shy to actually, you know, just break the ice and actually just introduce the elephant in the room. And if I have to be the idiot to actually like, you know, just pour a bucket of water over my head, like, hey, can we talk? Like, hey, what's up? What's going on here? It's like, hi, what do you do? So I've always been like that. That's that's always been my shtick. Well, good, good, good. And, you know, glad to have you on the show. So I always like to start from the very beginning. So tell us what Haiti is like and what, uh, actually, guys, he lives in Canada currently. So we're going to talk about that. What Haiti was like and what caused your movement and if there were any um, geographical stops along the way before you made it to to um, to our neighbor here. I was actually born. I was actually born in Ottawa, but yes, I was raised in Haiti um, because uh, normally I, my mom has some family uh, in Ottawa at the time, and uh, it just so happened again I was pre- she was pregnant with me at the time because uh, she was fitting family, and again I was born I was born there. But again, my entire my entire lifeline, my entire bloodline is definitely Haitian. You know, I've got Haitian, as you say, tattooed on my heart. Um, and uh, Haiti was again was some of the greatest years of my life. Again, it's very carefree. Um, a lot of uh, human human spirit. Uh, you really learn growing up, you know, about resilience and again, humble means. Um, again, like I like to say, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. Mm-hmm. Um, my father, my, my father is a master in civil engineering. My mother's a doctor. Uh, but again, when people hear that engineer, doctor, it's not when you're in the third world country, trust me, <laughs> it's not the same thing. You do have some privileges, but then you, you still have to, you know, fend for yourself, you know, just uh, live by your own means. And, you know, my parents, I have to say, give a shout out to them. They've always taught us because uh, I've got two siblings. They've always taught us, you know, just, you know, just do your best, um, stay humble, uh, respect, respect everyone and fear none and uh, always live by your own level of excellence. And you know what? If you're happy doing what you do, and that's all good for you. So my my parents never laid it on me to actually just, of course, my mother wanted me to follow after her. But yeah. you know what? Eventually, you grow up in a country that has a very rich cultural history, a very sense, a very huge sense of pride, That's which is both a gift and a curse. Um, but people, but, I can tell you that much. My Haitian friends are, oh my gosh! Oh like. man, oh man! It's it's something. It's both a gift and a curse in the Haitian culture. But it's so it shows a part of the resilience. It goes way back from our ancestors down to our grandparents, down to our parents, even to us. You know, even this generation right now, they're so cocky. Oh my god! <laughs> but a great entrepreneurial spirit, and it teaches you a lot. Again, and when you come to the first world mindset, and when you travel abroad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason that basically manifested that is because, you know, my parents always encouraged me like, OK, I'm raising you here. I'm giving you the basics, but I encourage you to go see the world. I encourage mm-hmm. you to see what else is out there because it's a big planet. There's a huge culture out there. And I want you to actually break those barriers and go see what's up. You know, so that was always the encouragement behind it. So, yeah, but really? um, it's, it was it was a really fun ride getting here. Really, really nice. So uh, 
I didn't know you were born in Ottawa. I should have done my research better. But um, at what age did you finally move to Canada? I, uh, I came to Canada in 2001, uh, mm-hmm. 2001 for college. Uh, we came directly to Montreal for the obvious reason that there's a very huge Haitian community here, mostly my friends, uh, because I had the choice either to go French to the Dominican speaking. Republic. Yeah, French speaking, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, you had Because we had the choice to either go to the U.S. or go to the Dominican Republic, which is next door, or come mm-hmm. to Montreal. Uh, where I already had a couple of friends, you know, just the cultural heritage, you know, you know just, uh, again, you go where you know. And uh, yeah, so I landed in 2001 and then I studied in communication and then I did a bit of journalism and then I dabbled here and there and then obviously the odd jobs, you know, the night shifts and everything. You got to pay bills somehow. Yeah, the street's got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 2001, that's you know, almost two decades ago. Two decades. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Time All flies. Right. I can't even imagine. So um, one question is a question I like to ask, because sometimes I like to look at just, you know, um, the concept of race and just mm-hmm. what you identify as. Um, I don't get too bogged down in the details because I think that the most important thing is, are you good people or not? You know, but I, I acknowledge race as, you know, just sometimes a good way to kind of get conversations going. Because mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love talking about culture. I know Haiti is almost that intersection of, are they blacks? Are they Hispanics? Are they Creole? Because I know you have such a uh, so many rich layers of culture just you know going in and out. So what do you identify as? I'm basically black. I'm black. Okay. I'm just uh, you know, just black Caribbean. You know, just the West Indies. Obviously, okay. again, though, you're probably, I'm not going to take on the flag and say, yeah, first nation, like first independent nation, like you know, free from the slave, 1804. Yeah, great. But yeah, I basically identify as black and I understand what you're saying because yes, there are, you know, a, a very, there is an important level of mixed race uh, over there, you know, mulattoes. And again, you know, just yeah. that, 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 that's, that's undeniable. But for me personally, on my own personal stick, I just identify as black. That's all it is. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> and for, thank you for that. For those that are, that are not very um, familiar with the Haitian culture mm-hmm. like how would you what are some of the words you used to describe in addition to saying that you know people from Haiti are you know very proud and you know they just so in um in, they're so like you know they have a deep appreciation for their culture and all of that mm-hmm. what are some of the buzzwords you could throw around if you were to describe what Haitians are to people that are not familiar with you know Haitians are very like I use the word proud I use the word resilient. Mm. Um, Haitians have a very dynamic spirit. Haitians love to have fun. They have like you, there is um, positivity and a just a thirst for life and just uncomplicatedness. There's, I just made that word up. (laughs) Haitians don't (laughs) like to complicate it. (laughs) Haitians love to keep stuff simple. Haitians don't like to complicate things. Sometimes they do for absolutely no reason. But at the core, they are just a very good, warm-hearted human people. They're like so, they're so, they're so humble. But at the mm. same time, they're so strong. They're so, they're so resilient. There's no other word I can find for it because the resilience is something that has you know just transpired. As far as I'm concerned, I'm 39, and it's just like you know for my entire life, that's something that's always been a staple. But the Haitians are always smiling. Even sometimes you'll say maybe see their grandparents are a little bit like you know just old foggy, but they're yeah. very there's 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 um there's a warmth and a generous aspect of Haitians that you know that always comes back and brings you back to the heart that the fact that no matter where you go, no matter where you are, you know, at the core, Haitians are always so welcoming. Even here, there's like a tradition, like there's a lot of uh, taxi drivers in Montreal and a lot of them are Haitian. And for some reason, every time you get into a Haitian cab, they'll just strike up a conversation. They'll tell you about the (laughs) soccer game. They'll tell you about the latest CD they bought. Can you tell someone from Haiti? Because I can always almost tell when someone is from Nigeria. Is that what you can Mm -hmm. tell? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. For some reason, there's a there's somebody. a like, Haitian I there's, a, there's Haitian, a Haitian I don't know there's the a Haitian blood. tattoo there's a Haitian there's energy right. that you. goes around out of nowhere. You're just Thank walking down you. either on the subway or on the bus, <laughs> or you're just uh, like you know just scanning your library card, and the dude looks at you. <laughs> He's like, the dude looks at you. That's my and I'm brother. Like, you're you're, that's you're from Port-au-Prince. <laughs> like you're, you're aren't you Haitian? And that happened to me one time I was in Washington. I was taking the subway and the teller, the guy at basically at the cashier, it was like I was scanning my card and he looked at me and he was like, 
What's how you saying? It's like, what, what? It's a, how, 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 how? But for some reason, it just goes around. There's this energy about you, about this culture, about these people that just transpired. I can't explain it, but it's very real. It's just, it's just a Haitian dar, if you will, but it exists. I, I agree with you. Like, I try to explain to a non-Nigerian how I can easily tell, like, with a, almost more than 90% degree of accuracy. And I felt like I was sounding like a stalker, like a vampire. I was like, there's something about the blood. Like, something I just see them, I know. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's just, it's beyond me. Like, I just know. So good, good to know. I think in addition to that, my country and your country, when you talk about resilience, I think that's usually like a characteristic of people that have gone through a lot of oppression. And um, your country is, you know, compared to just other like Dominican Republic, which is like the closest example. Mm-hmm. You guys were basically one nation that was just split, you know, a political power and then um, bad governance, of course. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of, you know, that um, similarity to my country as well. So many hopes, but then, you know, bad, bad, bad policies and horrible, you know, government over and over again and becoming what it is today. So I'm just curious to know, um, are you still, are you going to ever consider going back to Haiti when you just... It's there. something. It's something I'm really wrestling with, and I'm totally open in saying it. What we are just, your, uh, um, right now? We just don't know. Yeah, we just yeah. don't know because right now, and I'm being very real. I still have friends. I still have family there. My parents are there. My sister is. My my sister's there, and you know, I've still got family there and a lot of really close friends of which I grew up with. I had yeah. the privilege of being able to come over here and make a life for myself. My wife is Haitian. My 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 children are born Canadian, but we're still trying to apart, you know, impart that Haitian heritage to them. But that's a very difficult choice. And any Haitian, you know, either that went back or that's still living here, you have a choice to make because right now things are not going well. And as you said, it's a compound effect of bad governance and bad mentality and lack of, you know, not just resources, but also lack of will. Because, again, it's all about the crab mentality. And it's not saying that to be condescending. But as I mentioned, there are proud people as they're being a gift and a curse. You're mm-hmm, too proud mm-hmm. to actually take on the humble fact that, you know what, you, there are some sacrifices you need to make to, to make for the future. To, for for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going at this very humbly because my fellow Haitians listening to this, oh, you make it sound so easy. I know it's a very complicated issue that can't be solved in a snap of a finger. But no, from my own perspective, I know for a fact that, you know, my hesitation totally from the fact that, you know, just hearing from what my sister's going through and my parents are going through, yeah. it's such just going through a 24 hour period from what I hear that my friends are going through just to carry out their day. It's not fun. It's not pretty. It's not rosy. Just like, you know, the country was on like hail and fire just a couple of months ago. And now, OK, we're talking about, hey, let's just go to this 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 uh, social gathering. Let's just do this uh, this forum, this fintech forum. Because they're still trying to, you know, life goes on, life goes on, life goes on. Yeah. But it's something that do I do I have it in me? And it's not just my choice. Because right now I have to consider for my wife. I have to send it for my yeah, kids. That's true. Do I really want to subject them to this kind of hardship and sacrifice? It sounds very like, you know, yeah, grandstanding and philosophical. Yeah, sure. Let's go back and let's just because it all starts with our choice to go back and rebuild the country. Yeah. yeah but usually it's like, you know, you, you come from that. I mean, it's a good intentions, but sometimes it's so prideful because that I'm the one that can make the, those changes happen. And then you go there and say, oh, you know, because you don't even think about how you can engage just already there. You think because you're, 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 you're from a developed country, mm-hmm. about tools, but you're not like thinking ahead, you know. And, and then, of course, you fall flat and then you get disappointed. It is not, and... it is not that simple. It's not yeah, that simple. It's, you it's think really you know because, you know, you're so used to a to process because look at it right exactly. now. Right now exactly. we're going through a period of lockdown because of, mm-hmm. of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay, sure. Okay, we're going to close down the schools and then we're going to impact programs and then we're going to keep the schools open. And we're going to have these resources and this and this and this and this and, this and that. Yeah. Haiti, there's no power. There's no water. There's no police. There's no, there's no government. There's no, there's no running water. There's, no, there's nothing. What do you do? What do you do? Okay, <laughs> with all these, that infrastructure is non-existent or yeah, are really yeah. just flailing. Yeah. What do you do? People can't. First world mindset can't help you understand that concept. You just can't. You know, so you know, it's not an easy. It's not an easy fix, unfortunately. And um, I mean, the way you were just talking, it just felt like we have just removed Haiti and put Nigeria there because we are, you know, going through that. Even though our democracy is kind of um, relatively young. 
when you guys gain independence, like what, in 18 something? 1804. And mm-hmm. you, had, you know, they've raped and looted your country from the French, the US, and then oh, yeah. having to pay France. How much How much were you guys paying France? I, I can't remember the accurate number. Uh, it's in the billions. It's yeah, in yeah, the for billions. almost in a century. And then it's you have, you know, billions. Papa Doc and his son, and, you know, and the repressive and corrupt regime, and the earthquake. And I mean, your country <laughs> in that Western hemisphere, that you guys are still that resilient, that is the miracle. And and I think that regardless of where you are, um, Olivier, like you are a product of Haiti. And the fact that you can still um, keep doing life and keep shining and thriving is because yeah, you're born from that, you know, adversity and everything. And you can always remember that, hey, even though I'm down today, guess what? I'm going to get back up tomorrow. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's one gift that um, our countries are probably giving us. And I always say that as a Nigerian that, you know, I'm glad I grew up in that place and because um, it helps me to have a different perspective. I'm not going to get bogged down by first world problems anytime soon because no. I always remember, I know the harsh realities. I might be far removed from them, but them because I live here now, but I can never forget, you know, in talking to people that currently live there, the hardships, I won't, you know, bask in the ambience of um, first world problems anytime soon. I can't, you know, there's just can't. a part of me that would you always resist, you, you know, you know you a notion. So you can't you dissociate from that. You can't exactly. dissociate from that because as 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 cookie as it sounds, you know, with winters here in Montreal, we had a power outage like maybe like a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you come home, there's no power. I'm like, but the thing is, you click into First Coast Mindset, you know, hey, the power company has already, you know, you go online, you go on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, okay, we have a truck in your area. There are like, you know, 233 residents with your problem. You'll be fixed by 540. They are communicating with you. There's a face. you'll You'll be fine. But we're talking from a guy who's dealt with weeks, weeks. With no power. Weeks. Hello. Okay? You, you should just move to Nigeria. So when I come home and people tell me like, oh my God, how, how did you do it? There was no power. Dude, for an hour. For an hour. <laughs> dude, we just sat and I played dominoes with the kids. And, you know, the kids were just like, my kids went to the TV and they were like, they're trying, daddy, well, it, it won't turn on. It's like, no, babe, it's not going to turn on. But why won't it turn on? Because there's no power. What do you mean? It won't turn on. And you have to explain that. And that's why I look at my kids. I'm like, God, thank you that I have made it this far. Exactly. Kids cannot register the concept of progress no made. And that's progress. How you generational crisis. That's called, that's called a little win. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. have to bring, bring it back to humility. You have to bring mm-hmm. it back to where you came from. And you're mm-hmm. right. You have to actually take the good with the bad that you actually endured. Because and that's life. That's Nothing what is ever always are. good except God. That is it's always like a bad side of things. It's about your perspective and what you can learn from all of your experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you know that podcast is going mainstream and that there are many people all over the world listening to podcasts daily? For example, in the US alone, one in every three persons listen to at least one podcast every month. Well, that's a lot of people. Do you also know that podcast listeners tend to be more loyal, affluent, and educated? Speaking of these retro qualities, did you also know that on a monthly basis, thousands of people all over the world listen to the Mossable podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business, service, event, or product you would love loyal, affluent, and educated listeners to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talk to more at mostable.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.mostable.com. That is www.mosibyl.com. So I know one of the um, one of the core things you're about is just thinking about um, pulling oneself from the bootstraps and even in sharing your experience and the adversity you've had to overcome. And I was curious to kind of learn more about that and even the concept of you know, um, overcoming adversity. Is there, mm-hmm. are there some um, key examples you'd like to share? Key examples. Uh, you know, as I like to say, you know what? Uh, I've had bad days, but eventually the sun also rises. So you realize at some point, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it gets, that's from Les Brown, by the way. No yeah. matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it gets, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it. And that is very true. I heard that in a period where, again, I was in a dinky apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. I was the the rent was four hundred and twenty bucks a month. 
um, that's without power, that's without, you know, all the necessities. I was barely making it. I was working a 10 hour full time job at night, going to school full time. Uh, my girlfriend, now my wife, again, you know, with traditional Haitian parents, you know, you're mm-hmm. still having that male ego of like, OK, can I provide? How am I going to show myself in good faith and everything? And you're trying to tell yourself the best kind of speeches that you can. And you're dealing with the fact that, hey, you know what, like, you know, your parents would probably want you to do something else or why don't you come back home? We'll pay for school. And why are you going through all this trouble in, in, in Canada? It's like, you know, no, you realize that, OK, this is a bad day right now. Mm-hmm. This is a tough chapter right now, but this is not the end of my story. And eventually mm-hmm. this I have to make the decisions and put the steps in place to make it happen. I did not party. I did not buy a car. I did not, you know, just get credit cards and everything. I did have, you know, financial troubles eventually. <laughs> again, yeah. I I remember you said you lost then. your job, you lost your house. You oh yeah, really oh yeah. Was debt piling up? Oh yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That, that was that was intense. That was intense. Like the my my daughter was born. My son my son was about to be born. I was uh, in that period again. Career wise, I was doing really well, but again, it was like eighty hour weeks, and you know, marriage wise, I was very toxic. I was in home and I was like blaming everything. It's like, you know, why, why are you blaming me? I'm like, I'm providing all of this. And yeah. how dare you be so ungrateful and everything. Cause like, yeah, cause she's ungrateful quote unquote, because you're not there while she's okay, tending yeah. to the baby and mm-hmm. everything. And, you know, and I was a very bad, toxic, toxic um, dialogue, if you will. And eventually uh, what happens, I got, it got too much. Uh, so basically I lost my job and then eventually that's piling up and, Things got really scary and hairy, and I eventually, uh, I really hit a really bad, uh, really bad burnout. And I was, uh, you know, thank God again, first world country, Canada. I had some paternity leave of uh, benefits, and I was uh, home with the baby. And eventually, that something clicked, if you will, where I realized that there's absolutely nothing that can come from me just sitting around feeling sorry for myself. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to say for me just being sorry for myself. All I was going to do is just add another day to me feeling sorry for myself. So what can I do? First thing I can do is realize that I can't change everything in one day. Mm-hmm. And also accept the fact that whatever happens, it's my choice. Mm-hmm. When you tell yourself that, as kooky as it sounds, you take back the power. You understand with the humility and the patience and the resilience that you need to put forward that, you know what, it's going to take some time but it's possible and you need to give yourself the tools to actually, you know, understand and believe that whatever you want is going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of work and you're going to get out of this. You know what? Okay. Mm. We lost our job and we're going to have to make some work to repair our marriage. We're going to have to be more present for our kids. What do we want? What don't we want? And what do we need to do? First thing we're going to do, we're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to take a shower. We're going to take a shower. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to tend to the baby, have fun, go for a walk, do little steps eventually towards your next goal and that eventually over time became my routine and uh i've you know i've i've been better i've recovered thankfully and now i'm in a hell of a lot better place than i used to be Thank you for sharing that. It's always nice to, I mean, hear how people in general ad, um, overcome adversity. But I think there's another layer of humbleness that I get when I have, you know, men on the show. Because there's always that concept of masculinity and how you always have to, like, you know, be brave and, you know, stand firm in the face of adversity. But I love the way you just really talked about it. Like, you owned up to your mistakes. And mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, yourself, wallowing, um, wallowing in self-pity and all of that, the toxic internal dialogue you were having, it was just not going to cut it, you know. I mean, every day you could do that, but then at what cost? Until you snapped out of it and you told yourself, I need to make these small incremental changes every day and consistently to get out of this. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I can imagine that a lot of listeners listen to this will share it's this important. with their, you know, your, your friends, their husbands, or any male in it's their important. lives to actually hear from, you know, another man's perspective. Because even as a female podcaster, I know that not everything I say that, you know, my male listeners will find useful because it's coming from a female. I can as well acknowledge that because if the tables were flipped, I probably would scrunch my nose. I (laughs) think my man is telling me to do something. But, you know, having you on the show, just talking about that. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
You're welcome. It's it's definitely it's definitely something I've become quite vocal about yeah. because, um, as I like to say, it's very simple. But men don't talk, and I think that's a disservice, and I think that's very toxic, and I think unfortunately that can be very fatal because again, with that ego, um, unfortunately we uh, some men like swallow so much of that pride, yeah. it eats them alive, and literally they end up going to a point of no return. And that's something that is very real, and the statistics are there to show it. And I think the statistics are actually a little bit skewed because. Um, I believe there are a hell of a lot men or more men that are suffering that yeah. unfortunately are not saying it. Mm-hmm. And that's a shift that I'm very actively, you know, slowly but surely opening up uh, because one conversation at a time, I want, you know, to be part of that movement where men feel that it's okay, you know, to cry. It's okay not to be, have all the answers. It's okay to let your kids know, like, you know what, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Right now, I was like, you know what? I don't want to play dolls, but it's okay. You have to be there for your kids. You have to be there for your wife. You have to be there for your spouse and significant other. You have to be, you know, the best that you can be. I totally believe that. But at the same time, at a cost, not at the cost of your own personal well-being. Yeah. If you're not into it, you're not into it. You don't want to go out for a beer? Don't go out for the beer. You don't want to go out to dinner? You don't go out to dinner. Be at ease and at peace and accepting. There's that word acceptance about the good and the bad doesn't make you a bad person you're just going through a bad spell and that is perfectly okay yeah. and that's something that men need to be leaning into i strongly believe that thank you for that emphasis and that and yeah I, I i thought about this with my friend one day i'm not sure if i mentioned this on a previous episode of the podcast i kind of feel sorry in general for that concept of imagine just having a lot of emotions bottled up inside of you and you're not able to express them like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I think we've sold that lie to men that you admitting your vulnerability and, you know, all the things you cannot do is a sign of weakness. And, and I think that's when women at least can help, you know, men be a little bit um, better in that area because we just talk, you know. And also men like you just coming to say that, well, I have been there. I understand. But right now I'm taking all that back and saying it's okay to just, you know, Say so you're not okay, you know, and uh, keep up the good works is what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's very important. It's a, it's a it's a very ongoing process, and it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. You know, I know I'm not the only one. I'm not such a special snowflake to believe that you know I'm the only one who's been through this, and that's the important part. You, all people need to understand, as you were saying in the beginning, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Is very true. You're not the only person to go through these kind of feelings or emotions or uncertainties. And you definitely need to understand that, you know, there's someone actually a hell of a lot closer than you think of, which can actually help and reach out and empathize and with a reaching hand and a helping hand. Thank you. Thank you. So you were married. Yes, ma'am. How long have you been married for? Uh, we've been married, what, what is it, 2020, 2009, 11 years? 11 years. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. Nice. We've been together 16, mm. uh, but we married 11. So how did you guys meet? Uh, online, actually. It was, uh, MySpace? Really... No, 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 not even. Um, very short uh, because um, there was this buddy of mine. Uh, he was an IT programmer at the time. And just for the fun of it, he actually launched a message board of uh, local Haitian students, nice. basically like, you know, like local and abroad, like Port-au-Prince, mm-hmm. Dominican Republic. So we all met up on that particular platform. And, you know, one story, like, of course, message boards, you write a story, you yeah. write a post, you write an article, you comment. So you sort of become popular. So at the time, just like WhatsApp, you know, I just showed up and I just started writing articles everywhere. Like, you know, and then who's this guy? Who's this guy? And then she actually made an article where nobody answered because I was, it was really loaded. It was a really loaded question. And it just took the time. I'm like, huh, by the way. And then we started writing and the post went on for like the comments, the thread went on for like days and people just started chiming in. It's like, oh my God. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a hellfire over here. It's like, what's going on? It's like, oh, she found her match and everything. So it became kind of a like. Everybody just kind of stepped aside and let them have it. <laughs> <laughs> let him have it so it became kind of a like an impromptu relationship we never officially met but it was very it was very dynamic it was a very open communication i really enjoyed it and we had a lot of fun and then from the message board we actually ended up on msn yes i'm dating myself <laughs> <laughs> wait was um yahoo messenger part of the mix <laughs> yeah yes ma'am yes ma'am so we were like from the message board to msn and yahoo and then eventually we graduated Crazy. to phone numbers yeah, we texted yeah. and then from texting we actually called each other and that's when we had like 
four hour long conversations at night. It was crazy. And was she in Canada and, then? Was she in? Like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She was studying. Uh, she was studying. Uh, well, not we weren't at the same university. Yeah. But still, in mm-hmm. we were both in Montreal. And lo and behold, because Haiti is such a small community, yeah. eventually when we started dating, and when I told my parents, "Yeah, I'm dating this girl," and everything, like, I'm sorry, what's her name? <laughs> and then my last time I was like, "Is she so and so's daughter?" It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't watch out. It's like, and it's so what happens that our dads knew each other from way back when. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. So yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that's how it happened. It's nice, it's nice. So um, I mean, 16 years—that's a lot of history. And um, yes, ma'am. What would you say has been what has made your marriage successful? Oh wow, um, man. Uh, what's the what? There's something. It's so funny. It's so funny you tell me that because we were, I was just thinking. But I think about that all the time because you have to be grateful every day. Two things. Um, for me personally, I can't speak for her. She knows. Um, she knows everything that's wrong with me, and it's okay. Oh. Um, and she's seeing the worst of me and the best of me, and you know she celebrates me in every way. You know, so in that way, she makes me feel whole. She makes me feel strong. She makes me. It's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, we've had good conversations, bad conversations. We've had ugly conversations, painful conversations, and we still we're still here. We, we're still here. We're still going strong because we understand. I am not married to the same person I was dating 16 years ago. We both understand the concept of growth. Uh, we've had we've had children together. We've been you know through loss of loss of jobs and depression and everything and all that jazz. It's not about you know misery loves company. It's about the fact that you understand that this is a commitment and mm-hmm. a partnership and teamwork. But the best core elements for us, it's about rigorous honesty, open communication, and understand that this is teamwork. If I can't do it, if I can't show up, even though I'm a go-getter and I'm a warrior, I know this. I'm like, I go hard. That's who I am. I'm just that dynamic. But some days I just can't take it. I'm just like, you know what? I'm out for the count. Tag. And then, you know, that's what she'll take out, take the lead. And you know what? It's, it's, it's been working for us. Again, different strokes for different folks. Not every couple's not the same. Yeah. But for us, that's what works. The trust, the communication, the honesty, the vulnerability, obviously. And it's a growing process. It's never a one-stop shop formula. I like that. It sounds like a very powerful woman right there. So shout out yes, to your ma'am. wife. <laughs> you probably expected this next question. What hasn't worked? Like, what's that one thing you started with? Like, nope, we're not going to do this again because it's so horrible. Oh, wow. Um, normally, sometimes it's, it sounds really stupid, but sometimes I, well, this, this is very, this is very, this is very, uh, very weird, but my wife loves to throw parties, if you will. Oh. Uh, she really loves to throw parties. She loves to receive. She's very homey. She likes to create a little, the, even simple, small Sunday dinner with the family. It's always like a big, huge affair. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm the kind of person like, okay, what's the menu? What time are we receiving? Okay, what are we having? So I, I need to know the plan. If you need me to participate, I need to know, okay, what is the execution? Okay, what is the timeline? What is, what's the plan? Okay, but what's the no plan? there's no way I was a plan. There's like, no, there's, there's no, there's no plan. We're just having my parents over. No, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. You inviting your parents over involves like turkey. It involves corn. It involves rice. It involves, you know, the, the, the good silverware. What plates, what, what do you need? we'll figure it out we'll figure it out that is something that really sets me off the rails but eventually over the course of 16 years you understand that you know it's not about changing the person it's about okay what is the best way i can be useful to you and not try to hinder your process Mm. but how can i be useful to you all right so i know that suppose that okay she's gonna set the table like okay fine okay i need to clear the chairs okay i need to basically grab this silverware okay you need the turkey here okay are you done heat okay i'll turn off the oven and everything you do little things and not getting her let her do her thing because eventually always becomes a very huge spectacle so it's always beautiful anyway in the long run even if you don't get it and this is my lesson is the fact that it doesn't need to make sense to you Mm -hmm. all right but you should not be you know, the sour grape or basically the one who's hindering the process contribute and be a product of contribution and collaboration. Cause they always appreciate it in the long run. Cause you know, over the end, at the end of the process, at the end of dinner, just taking dinner as an example, she's always like, babe, thank you. It's like, you know, everything, the dishes, you know, just pick at the end of the process. It's always, we always make up, you know, 
but just the entire just working together is always like oh my god it's always very exhausting so you, but you've learned just to things. stay you stay away when it's needed and show up when you're supposed to show up yes That's you a learn acceptance. right there <laughs> you learn acceptance you learn acceptance it wasn't always easy because mm-hmm. you always try to but could you just tell me why why did why is this here you don't need to know why yeah. this is here yeah you, you don't it's, it <laughs> just accept happy just accept wife that happy it's life here. hey that's it's very true it's not a meme it's very very true shout it louder for those on the back <laughs> anyways thanks for that um so i know you have kids yes ma'am tell us a little bit about your kids and how old are they Two kids, uh, seven and four. Oh, okay. Uh, daughter, uh, my daughter's seven. My son's four. Okay. Oh, so perfect question for me. So, um, on parenting, though, uh, would you say that how's your parenting been formed? Um, maybe by the way you grew up, if you had that wow. kind of um experience, your dad as well. Oh yeah. And then, oh, yeah. would you say, um, are you? How would you see you raising your daughter or son differently if that applies to you? I'm very much like my dad. I'm very much like my dad because his father was very military. He was he didn't raise us military, but he was very firm. He was very respectful, but Had firm. Boundaries. He was loving, but firm. Okay. There was boundaries, and you did not go beyond those boundaries. And the thing is, you he raised you with enough logic and, you know, just common sense to know that, okay, when you get reprimanded, you're not stupid enough not to understand why. <laughs> like, what did, well, like, what did I do? No, you know exactly what you Sounds did. Sounds like an African parent. You know why you, you know exactly what you did. Like, you know, but, what, 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 but, but, but no, no, you do not skirt, you, <laughs> you do not get, you do not skirt the issue. You do not go, there was no, there was no negotiation. And my father's been, he's still that way. No, right now he's a lot more loose because I gave him grandchildren. Now he's a lot more loose. But his grandchildren are like, you know, the apple of his eyes. Oh, yeah. So cute. He's always buying stuff for them. It's so the crazy. He's smiling. He's joking around. He's like, "No, let the kid run around and jump off a jump off a cliff. It's okay. He'll be fine." But um, why? What has transpired in my parenting style is basically I'm still as I can't say demanding, but I refuse to baby my kids. I treat them as individuals. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to be a copy of me. I understand that they have their own quirks and they have their own you know, little personalities, but at the same time, I know that it's okay for me to have certain expectations of, you know, self-sufficiency, independence, reliability, they can contribute. Even at seven and four, they can still do their own thing. So it's okay to push your kids just a little bit. I will ask my daughter to, 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 to do her rooms. Like, but I can't find my shoes. Look for them. It's like, but I can't find them. Like, okay. So you'll go to school barefoot. I don't care. I'll wait for you in the car. But dad, no, you're going to find your shoes. And my son is like, I can't take off my boots. Snow boots. I can't take off my boots. <laughs> You'll figure it out. I am that raw. And sometimes my wife thinks I'm really tough, but I don't call it tough. I call it very, I'm doing, I can't do them a disservice by doing it for them because I know the world is going to chew them out and it's going to ask a hell of a lot more than I, than I am. So that's where my father's parenting style actually comes in. How it's different mm-hmm. Um, and this is very real. And I hope a lot of fathers are listening to me. I tell my kids I love them like 50 times a day. Oh, like you like say it or you 50 show times it. Like, like I say it. I say it. Both. Both. <laughs> African dad. Both. That's a and I'm not, I am not taking this away from my father. My father was loving. And to this day, like, you know, I know he did the best he can. I'm not saying that. And this is like, oh, my God, my father damaged me. No, no, no. I can count on a couple of fingers how many times I've heard it. And it's okay. I'm not taking anything away from him because he's done a terrific job. And I honor him. I really do. I really do. Because, you know, like, you know the, the best things I've learned about being a man, how about being a provider, being a protector, being a teacher, yeah. um, is I definitely got from him and nowhere else. And I thank him for that. But for me, that cycle of being open and vulnerable and teaching my children to connect with their emotions and they can't. And I believe I say this often that you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And they, I have you to give them love. an empty sister. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I give them love. I show them love. Even when I'm sad, even when I'm tired, I go, I put them to bed. Like the last thing they hear me say is like, son, I love you. I love you. Or she's mad at me. He's like, girl, you won't let me ride my <laughs> skates and everything. I love you. Go put your skates down. I love you. You didn't finish your homework. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, son, you can't watch Paw Patrol. But that, I love you. That's okay, all it is. That I love you because it's a solemn threatening that love. <laughs> I didn't know if I would go with what my but, dad never did. He never said I love you too. The way you do it now. Mm. 
know, no, I definitely do. and I don't good, hesitate. Good, it goes good. that goes back to me being very kooky because I understand that you know by teaching them that I'll teach them that it's okay to be loony, it's okay to be funny, mm-hmm. it's okay to you know, make a fool of yourself mm-hmm. because at the very core, my dad. I want them to say down the road. Yeah, my dad was firm. Yeah, he that he had his days where we really messed up. But at the end of the day, we knew we were loved. That's the one thing I wanted to say that's because what that's what I say about my know. parents. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I want them to know down the line when I expire, at least we knew we were loved. That's all I want. That's all it is. And I and I think we can end on this note in that if you think about the Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. At the very top is self-actualization. And if you think mm-hmm. about how kids, uh, you know, so you, they start with the first, like the um, the physical need, and they, sorry, the physiological need, they go to safety, they go to love and belonging, and then that also feeds into, because when you tell them you love them and you're showing them all of that, um, it feeds into self-esteem, and then they finally get to that point of self-actualization. Oh, yeah. And I think for oh, a lot yeah. of our fathers, like the way I grew up, my dad never said I love you, but as I grew older, I could see in many ways that he showed his love and then breaking that cycle is to tell my kids i love them like to actually say it because kids need to hear that because they might just think if you don't say that often they might want to perform and you know be exceptionally good so you can notice them which i did a lot from you know trying to like Mm -hmm. perform and fit into something so Mm -hmm. i think that's just the difference is that we whatever our parents taught us we take it because that's all they knew and we make it better. We don't berate them like, oh, my dad was, you know. Because I used to do that until I got, got older and I realized that our parents are not heroes. They're just people like you and me, you know. Perspective is everything exactly. when you realize when you're in their shoes yes. that you have absolutely no right to judge them because exactly. they did the best they could with what they had, what they had. And with, with what they knew. And the way you're going to do the best as well because your kids are going to grow up someday and there will be something to realize that, oh, my dad didn't do oh. that with me. But at the core of it, my dad loved me and that's enough. Life is going to take care of everything mm. because, again, you have to have life experiences. You know, I don't, you know, sometimes we might watch a movie and, you know, you want to say, well, this is what happened. No, the kids have to experience the same way they experience a movie and they'll have questions down the road. Yeah. You need to let them experience life because that's how I learned. And you can't, you can't be a barrier. You can't be a referee and interpreter of every single life experience. It's not what life is about whether for yourself or for your kids or people you care about, you need to experience life. Life is going to take care of all the experiences. And you know what? There will be highs, there will be lows. And again, you know what? This too shall pass. And I think that's just an awesome way to end our podcast. Um, Before you go, though, I'd like for you to give a shout out, a plug of all your podcasts as well. Where people can find you. Oh, definitely. You, know, you can find the pod. Thank you so much. Oh, by the way, thank you so much for having me on, Mo. It was You're such welcome. a gem. You know, we connect on WhatsApp. It's always so lively. <laughs> I feel like so it's so, keep talking to you. <laughs> it's an extension. It's an extension That's of it. the conversation we already have. But thank you for the opening. Uh, yeah, so my podcast is Awaken the Awesome Podcast. As I like to say, a conversation, you know, with personal insights and, uh, you know, enlightening conversation with people just like you uh, who are going through all their little shticks and showing us how they're bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. It's all about showing people that you don't have to be a super superstar to be a superstar and how do we make these connections where we understand that you know what we we ourselves can do our little nugget of action and decision and mindset to actually uh, bring us to the next level available on itunes and all the major platforms because i've done a lot of work to make sure it is but the main hub awaken the awesome all one word dot ca there you go there you go so um do you have any final thoughts before i just do my jingle final thought it's been such an amazing time that's my uh, it's, always, uh, it's so, an amazing time it is this it is, is what I'm you not get sure when you invite it. podcasters on your show they, they, they steal your lines and you know it's a jo- no I'm not stealing I I'm know I know don't worry I tease a lot I knew you're gonna segue it like a pro <laughs> that you are but I have to say, um, this is why we get into podcasting, because we understand, first of all, this is the manifestation that you're not crazy and you're not alone in the world. Mm-hmm. There's always someone out there on the same uh, energy level as you. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And guys, you know what? Don't take life too seriously. Um, take a chance. And uh, you know what? If you fail, it's OK. Don't put your life in danger. But obviously, you know, just try stuff out. Get curious. And you might you'd be surprised what okay. you can come out with the, on the other end. I mean, Take a chance. you said it all. I'll literally drop my mic right now, but you can do it as a podcast because mic's expensive. But um, <laughs> I'm going to knock on that. But anyways, thank you so much. It's been really nice just exploring you know, who, who Olivia is and you know, just your footprint around the world and some of the core values you had, your perspective on just being Haitian and how that has, that has shaped you to today and overcoming adversity, marriage, 
and all of the funky stuff and the good stuff, the, the lessons you've learned so far, and then even raising your kids. And I think the unique thing that I, I mean, those were all awesome points, by the way, was when you talked about taking paternal leave. You know, you didn't really get to hear about it a lot here in the U.S., which I think is something we need to start fighting for more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's been such a huge honor to have you on the show and, you know, as, as a person and all of the experiences you bring along. Thanks for coloring um, my podcast today with your experiences. And I know that my um, listeners who I know are predominantly female will love this and they, they can definitely share this with their significant others or even the men in their life to um, at least hear a thing or two, especially about vulnerability. And if I'm being okay to know that it's okay not to be okay. So I want to thank you deeply for that, Olivia. It's a pleasure and a thrill uh, to have been on the show with you, Mel. Thank you so much. Really honored, really. I'm really, I'm really, really touched. Thank you so much. Awesome. So I, I keep saying awesome because I, I know your podcast is awakening awesome. So guys, don't forget to go check out his podcast. He's giving that plug on that. Check out more episodes on the show as well. If you're listening to this and you want to come on the show, guess what? You're more than welcome to. Just shoot me an email and talk to Mo at mostpeople.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at your own risk. And, um, yeah, shoot me questions as well if you are curious to know about just how the podcast works or things like that. And I'll be more than happy to have you on the show because I want to keep you in community as we go. All right. <laughs> wow. 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 Such a gem. Wow. It's just nothing. Really. It's nothing. It's Such nothing. Such a gem. <laughs> Such a gem. Wow. That's, that's cool. Thank that's you. cool. Oh, man. It's a, it's, it's a thrill. It's a thrill. It's, it's weird being on the receiving end of, of a podcast, but when it's people that you genuinely connect with, yeah. it's a yeah. hell of a lot of fun, I agree. man. I agree. Well, it's so much fun. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank you for just, you know, keep being who you've been and as often as you've been. Bye, guys, to your kids and your wife and all the blessings yeah. to T Dog. All right. Then. <laughs> I'll let him know that. <laughs> Ciao. All right, bye. One way. <laughs> hey guys, wasn't that episode just awesome? Like, I mean, the stories he shared. Just, I am ever so encouraged to have people like this on the show, just so you can see that, regardless of where you're from, regardless of where you're currently living, you know, there are many ways you can impact those around you. And Olivia's story, even though we didn't like go in depth into it. Is one of someone that has, you know, overcome a lot. And I hope that that encouragement stays with you that you're listening, that you don't have to um, stay in whatever bad situation you're in. And there's always several opportunities to rise above that. And I hope this stays with you guys. And um, especially for the men listening, remember it's okay not to be okay. And I hope that from today you can seek many ways to enrich yourself and also give something back to yourself. I'm, I'm really so excited. Like, I'm smiling right now because this was really a good episode. And I hope it connects with you guys as well. All right, bye.